Good evening and welcome to Know Yourself. This is Dan Udell and I'm here with Francis Hickmott from London, Ontario in Canada. Thanks for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. <laughs> and what time is it in the world for you at the moment? Well, it's 2.52pm. Uh, ah, 2.52pm. Yeah, well, it is just 10 to 8 here at the moment. And yeah, uh, yeah I'm just really glad to get you on the show uh we were chatting a little bit beforehand um we were saying about how the <laughs> the names i saw i said it was like really weird when i saw london on your skype and i was like i thought you were from canada <laughs> <laughs> surprise <Yeah. laughs> so um we usually kind of do this on the show it's kind of like your origin story slash uh the kind of chapter one of your book um, if it was like a biography of Francis. Okay. So, sure. you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. So you're you're a speaker and you're a writer. So it's up to you how you want to do this. It's kind of like the origin story up until now. Like, how did you get uh-huh. to where you're at? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this is... Um, that's a harder question than you might think. Yeah. Because I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up for a really long time. Mm. So if you look at my blog, and I know that you did, um, you'll see that I listed a whole bunch of different jobs. Yeah. And I like them, but I never really felt like I was necessarily using the gifts that I uh, wanted to use in the way I wanted to use them. But I didn't know what that looked like and you gotta work (laughs) you gotta make money you gotta pay your bills and um so i i eventually realized that i wanted to be able to help people live more fully and the way that i could do that was to use my journey and uh, reach out through speaking, which is something I, I happen to enjoy and be good at, and through writing, which similarly I enjoy and, and like to think that I'm good at. Yeah. <laughs> um, so about just over a year ago, I, I quit my job. I thought I just didn't want to be doing that anymore and really uh, nothing ventured, nothing gained. So I uh, launched into this new career. And so my my focus really is about creating your life and choosing to have the courage to do that fully, to fully be in your life. Because mm. I feel like I, I skated along the edges for a long time. Yeah. And, uh, and it was to my detriment. So that's, mm. I have no idea if that answered your question, but yeah. that's what I got. It told me a lot. Um, it told me a lot about seeking, uh, a certain sense of fulfillment, um, like meaning and purpose. Um, <laughs> and it's really interesting because you, you know, you did a lot, like looking at some of the stuff I've had chance to look at, like. You know, you were a volunteer manager at one point, you know, yeah. like you've got a lot of different experience in different areas. 
So, at which point was it that you decided, like, you know, not, well, I don't know, it might have been, like, enough's enough, but what was the moment where you thought, or what even triggered the moment, you know, where it's like, I need to derive some, something more, I need to dig deeper and... Um. I think, so first of all, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. And so I think when you've grown up in that, there's always a bit of that there. Um, It certainly was for me, I think this is my third go round at business. Mm. So my first one, I was a postpartum doula. So that's an individual that uh, um, is hired to go in and assist families with new babies. So it might be your first baby or it might be your fourth. And uh, you just provide practical and emotional support. So that was business one. Um, Business two was with my uh, then husband, and we um, uh, crafted and manufactured um, wooden uh, garden furniture. And uh, and now this is my my third business. Mm. And this one is probably... Uh, the truest in terms of wanting to to pull together the uh, particular talents that that I have. Yeah. And when was it that you would say you started to notice? So, you know, you're you're a speaker, for example. So that takes like a certain person to be able to do that. You know, to be able to get up on stage, um, to be able to keep the attention of the audience, then to deliver content that is you know, hopefully interesting, inspiring, and or viable. Right. So, you know, what, what strands have you got that allows you to, you know, to be able to pull that together on stage? Well, it's, it's like anything. um, And and certainly, whether it's your podcast, Dan, or whether it's writing, or whether it's speaking as, first of all, um, who are who are you doing that for? What's their particular area of need, um, or what things might add to their lives? So, mm. um, for me, um, it, I'm always learning. Of course, I imagine you are too. I my strands do fall into um, the mental health arena. They do fall into. Um, Carol Dweck is a, I don't know if you're familiar with her work. She's a psychologist and a researcher, Mm. and she talks about the growth and the fixed mindsets. And so um, I use her work uh, within what I speak about, uh, the idea that you can continue to grow, you can continue to enhance the skills that you have, that you're um, more likely to fulfill your potential by I think of it as the willingness to be a beginner. Yes. Right. Um, like humility. Yeah. Like it's, if you're working from a place of you're scared to fail and, and honestly, so much of us grow up that way, right? Like you don't want to be embarrassed cause you don't know, or you don't want to be, uh, you know, feel like you're not like at the top of the game right away or that you shouldn't have, if you're good at something, you shouldn't have to work at it very hard. And none of that's right. And, and um, it limits us. So um, I really want to encourage people as you're stepping into your life, um, 
that you're allowing yourself the fun because it's fun um, to begin. And then there's some there's some work involved. But if you're interested in what you're doing, it's I imagine it's like your podcasting. You didn't start out knowing everything to know there about podcasting. But, no, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> so, but you're doing it, and you can do a full day's work, and then come home and and do an interview and put this together and and uh, put it out there. And each time you do it, you learn a little bit more about yourself and about the world and about the uh, technical aspects. Yeah. Of what you're doing and feeling good about that, and that's you know that's part of anything that we do so um yeah and I'm I'm really authentic with my stories and and when I say stories I mean my life stories um in the way that will relate to the people that I'm talking to yeah like a really good point uh, about relatability was uh the blog I read on your website um um that was the one that you recommended for me to read mm -hmm. uh, failure to launch and that mm -hmm. like it surprisingly resonated with me because like um i read a lot of different blogs um you know uh it just i don't know it caught me off guard i think it was something that i'd not thought about for a long time um which was interesting as well um you know like about like childhood bullying and like um the impact on us as we you know develop as adults um and it was interesting how you know, there was that one part in the blog where uh, you spoke about a gentleman came up to you after you delivered a speech and, you know, he said, you know, that was me too. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. I was kind of, I felt like I was stood next to him almost going like, yeah, me too as well. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, it just, it's, it just spoke to me. Well, that, and that's, that's really my hope, uh, Dan, because I think, the bullying piece is really, I'm really quite passionate about it, especially when I realized that I, um, <laughs> okay, this is going to, it sounds ridiculous, or it, no, it still on. does to me, sort of. Um, when you grow up in a really dysfunctional family, yeah, you don't always know how dysfunctional it is. I, I got to know what else to say. So, you know, I, I grew up in a family that from the outside looking in had it all. Yeah. And uh, we were successful and uh, involved in the community. And um, I had tons of friends in school and was involved in all kinds of things. But what's happening inside the family unit isn't always so great. Yeah. And so um, when I got to be of a certain age, <laughs> as an adult <laughs> yeah and I thought why am I not happy like why am I not happy I have a home I'm in a marriage that's okay um you know my kids are doing okay um I I should be happier than I am and I wasn't and I and I couldn't figure it out and it wasn't until I saw this research and this was only a year ago or less that I discovered the research about the um, link between childhood bullying, especially chronic bullying, and the outcomes for adults. And I was shocked, but it made so much sense to me. It was like, oh my God, now I understand why I've had 
bouts of depression through my life and why I felt like I've never measured up and why my friends uh, were going out and killing it out like professionally. Yeah. And I, I was like spinning my wheels. That's how I felt. And it actually gave me a measure of hope to go, oh, well, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at that. Um, and, it's, and I think it's something that people need to know. Just because the bullying is done, the effects aren't unless we get help. Yeah, doesn't mean that you necessarily made peace with it. Well, we're really good at pushing stuff down, right? we're really good at saying well that was then and and i just need to get on with life or um or or whatever it is but um that stuff uh sits in our uh emotional uh place it changes the way that our brain works um wasn't until i was in therapy that um my psychologist the psychologist i was working with said he kept referring to trauma. I kept looking at him like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Because I honestly didn't, you know, when I think trauma, I think someone that's been, you know, physically or sexually assaulted or um, has been in a horrific car accident or something like that. Yeah. What I experienced, I would never have labeled as trauma. Yeah. It just crossed my mind that it would be that. It's like what you said earlier. You almost uh, become desensitized to it because of because it's part of the environment um that's built up around you it's then part of the environment in your head that's right you become that's like right. conditioned so to it we're very adept as as children and as teenagers and within our families um to make sense of something that doesn't make sense so we yeah. create an ability to tell ourselves a story that it's not so bad or that this is normal or, or however, it's, I think it's a survival mechanism. Um, and it serves us at the time, but it doesn't serve us later. Yeah. (laughs) I totally agree with you. Mm -hmm. Like, um, talking about like pushing down, it's actually, um, it's actually like super relevant. That is like before I came here, I literally went to therapy and like, um, it's something that I'm still talking about now is about um, how I suppressed a lot of different things um, like emotionally, like mm-hmm. anger and stuff like that, for example. Mm-hmm. So like, I think it's, I think it's a super relevant topic and like, I love that you're uh, shining a light on it like that because, you know, there are certain things that, you know, I think there's certain, call it what you want, like personality types or, you know, uh, certain events can happen to a person you know like when I was like assaulted when I was 16 for example like <clears throat> there was probably like seven tenths of people walked away from that and like carried on and thought yeah it was a bit shit what happened but whatever but then there's a another majority where they deal with it in another way um, yeah. and yeah just I think it's important because you know Sometimes, like you say, it's the coping mechanism, and then that coping mechanism becomes the new you, or um, yeah, the new you. Yeah, and you don't you don't really realize all the ways you twist 
um, to make uh, <laughs> to make your life work around that that story or about uh, how you are or how you feel about yourself. So um, I struggled with uh, postpartum depression um, after my kids were born. And when I look at it now, and so much of this is about learning uh, self-kindness and self-love and uh, giving yourself a break, um, right? Where like, because other people would, but we can be incredibly hard on ourselves and hold ourselves up to standards that we wouldn't ask of anyone else. Yeah. Right? And uh, so my kids, unfortunately, both had colic. Um, now, if you're not a parent, you might not know what that is, but um, essentially uh, the digestive system of the baby isn't fully developed, and so they can be really, um, their, their tummy hurts. Yeah. And so they literally cry for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And as a new parent, without, um, you know, I was in a, in a relationship, a marriage where um, my husband at the time was very old school, for lack of a better word, and it was, I'll go out and make the money and you, you parent and I'm going to sleep all night because I have to go to work the next day. Yeah. But I was dealing with a child that was literally screaming for 12 or more hours a day and I didn't have any support it was a very hands-off approach yes and uh so I uh not surprisingly didn't do particularly well then (laughs) yeah so but as I say we twist ourselves into like so I just kind of thought I wasn't a very good parent to be honest uh in those early years uh when the when they were babies babies because I was overwhelmed and tired and uh and didn't realize that i probably would have done better with uh you know actual uh individuals who would support me on a more consistent basis but yeah um but with regards to the the bullying when as i say when i read those stats so one in three kids um and if you're chronically bullied six months or more um you're more likely to develop uh panic disorder, uh, anxiety, depression, uh, thoughts of suicide. Um, yeah. Did I, did I experience those? You bet. Did I think about suicide? Yeah. Time or two and not just as a kid. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I guess I just am so want people to know that they're not alone. Yeah. Uh, and that it's, it's not weak to get help. Yeah, yeah. It actually, so shows a a massive uh, sign of strength. Um, you know, it's something I've had to learn recently to like, like uh, I guess lean on the people closer to me. Um, you know, it's not something I'm great at. <laughs> uh, no. I kind of like see myself as like a lone wolf and uh, I look mm-hmm. after everything on my own. Um, but you know. It's it's actually a sign of strength to be able to say like, you know, look, uh, I'm actually really struggling or I've got this problem because, you know, you're looking out for yourself and uh, when you when you're looking out for yourself, you you're onto a winning formula then. Well, and I would have to say that um, for men, you're you're given a raw deal, right? Um, I don't, are you familiar with the work of Brene Brown? 
I'm not, no. Okay, well, I definitely suggest that you, you look into her work. Yeah. Uh, and she talks about vulnerability, and, and she's she laughs kind of, and, and she's got a great TED Talk, too. Uh, but she talks about the uh, shame, and um, but when she talks about men, she says, you know, women get a lot of different messages about how they're supposed to be in the world. Men get one. Don't be weak. Yeah. Right? And uh, so what does that mean then uh, for you when you're uh, dealing with a challenge in your life? Or um, what does it mean when you're in a relationship and you want to be able to say, I'm struggling with this? And women, um, and women give mixed messages. So on the one hand, we tell you, oh, we want you to be vulnerable and you want you to share your emotions and then um when you do if it if it feels uncomfortable uh some woman will shut you down well wait a minute now like you need to look after blah 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 and all of a sudden the person that you were trying to open up to and to be real with and to connect with uh shuts you down and uh it's it's uh deeply uh harmful Men. Yeah, I uh, I completely agree. Uh, I think I think the power of listening and the power of um, like non judgmentalism is incredible. Um, mm-hmm. For me, learning it in the training because uh, I'm trained to be a therapist at the moment. Um, awesome, awesome. It, it is. I, I love it. It's, it is uh, awesome. <laughs> it's uh it's one of my favorite things well actually i think it's my favorite thing that i've ever done <laughs> um, yeah and it's great because one of the things that i really learned to like harness and be like super aware of you know other than like self-awareness i guess mm-hmm. it comes under that umbrella really um yeah is to you know be aware of our like judgments of others and you know really when when you've got someone that's coming to see you for help, like the last thing that they want is like to be judged and, you know, right. it's just, I know it's just really sort of like beat it out of me. And I think it's a real gift for someone to be able to listen and truly like hear you, um, not just listen, um, hear what's actually being said or sometimes not being said as well. Um, yes. Yes. And it's the not, you know, the, what's not being said. Um, or what's, um, what's being said, but the individual that's saying it doesn't really understand the uh, deeper context of what they're saying. Um, you know, I, there was a time when I would have told you, um, and my friends would have said, oh, she's the most laid back person we know. She's so easygoing. And I, and I still am. Um, but I would have told you, oh, I don't, I don't really get angry. Well, <laughs> right? You know what I'm talking about, <laughs> uh, right? Yeah. And so <laughs> do. we push it down and we have uh, no boundaries. And, uh, and I, I say we, but I'll, I'll take that back to me. Um, you know, I, I, I was a doormat, man. I just was the biggest people pleaser and I wanted to make it easy for everyone. And, um, you know, it, I didn't want to tell people if they disappointed me or any of that yeah. uh, because my self-worth was so low. 
And um, so someone who's trained, (laughs) they know. Yeah. And it's about uncovering those really unhealthy thinking patterns, those those areas where, um, you know, we get to be considered. Um, We get to have an opinion. Um, We get to say what's okay for us and what's not. So... Yeah, it gives you, like, a really great foundation to start off with. Like, especially, like, it sounds like, um, it, this always um, surprises me, like, um, talking to people um, when they've got, like, remarkably uh, similar backgrounds or, you know, um, emotional difficulties. Like, mm-hmm. therapy for me was so uh, great because it was, like, a, it was... You know, it was the first time I was able to build and construct some, like, self-worth. Like, um, mm-hmm. b- before, like, my self-worth had been, like, wrapped up in other things outside of myself. Right. So, like, a lot of my self-worth, for example, used to be wrapped up in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it was in my career, but not in a sense that I got fulfillment from it. It was that if I did well it looked good to the outside world, i.e. Right. my family and friends. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was chasing. And you, you're setting yourself up to fail when the self-worth is like wrapped up in something like that because you can never actually grab hold of it because it's not yours to begin with. It's someone else's like mm-hmm. version of you. And it, you kind of get into that whole like sort of like, you know... Um, like vicious circle um so for me that was like one area where my self-worth was really not in a great place but therapy gave me that space to be able to go like well actually like you know (laughs) it's it's weird when you actually give yourself permission like to like feel things and to be able to go like what's gonna what do i want to do this weekend or like what makes me happy on my nights off you know yes right because we don't um and self-reflection and uh self-awareness has to start with well i don't know duh self and we (laughs) don't do that very well until we um get to a place where someone invites us to do that but it's so uncomfortable at the beginning oh yeah totally was in a place at one point if someone had said to me what do you like to do and I couldn't answer it right and I yeah. and I would say something like well I used to or I used to I used to because I'd been so good at putting other people's needs in front of my own that I no longer had any sense of who I was or what I wanted or what might be a fun thing for me to do and that's been a part of the journey as well as, well, what do I like to do? And what does bring me happiness? And um, what do I want to explore? And uh, But that's that's in and of itself its own journey of sitting back quietly enough to say, yes, this, this is uh, the right thing for me or this is uh, creates happiness or whatever. But uh, if you're a... a born again people pleaser uh it's uh, a hard task at the beginning yeah yeah did you ever find this will be an interesting one 
And, um, <laughs> if this is like, if this is too like deep or anything, by the way, at any point during this podcast, you just let me know because like, okay. I can't help it. I just go really deep sometimes. Like, all right, let it rip, Dan. Would you say your relationships with men suffered, and even with other people as well, because it was all about them and not about you? Um, that's a really good question. Um, I'm thinking, and I know on a podcast, this silence is deafening. Um, no, it's, it's, for me, like, I love silence, because, like, okay. I'm like, God, there's some really good stuff happening there. <laughs> like, Alrighty, so, um... Yes, in the sense that even though you and I might say or would have said at one time, oh, you know, I don't get angry or whatever, it comes out in a different way, right? So yeah. there's there can be some resentment or there can be um, some passive aggressive stuff. And, and we're not necessarily aware that we're doing that. Mm. Um, and even for my own self, I guess I would say, um, because I'm an introvert and, and one would think that you would know that your whole life, but I didn't actually understand it until I was a midlife, <laughs> but it <laughs> meant that when I gave in to the wants of my, uh, of my partner and wasn't, uh, strong enough for lack of a better word to really say, this is what I need, or this is what I want. Um, I think that I was, um, I would retreat into myself. So I'd be present, but not really present. Yeah. I don't know how else to put it. Um, I, um, gosh, there's a lot of different things I could get no. into there. But, it's, it's almost uh, like, um, you, you go inside yourself because there's no way of letting it out external like externalizing it right and and uh i just i didn't have the tools to be able to express uh what i wanted to have a conversation that um didn't sound blaming yeah uh, or that didn't uh like there was so much that i that i needed to learn about uh, healthy relationships between men and women because I didn't see that in my family of origin. Yeah. So I had no idea how to have a conversation where you didn't agree with someone and have it still mean that everybody's um, uh, dignity was intact. Yeah. Um, and so it that in and of itself of learning uh, how to communicate so that people feel heard, that they feel that their um, wants are are being respected, that to even know how to negotiate. Um, I mean, ideally, that should all start at home. And I, I really had no idea. I really had no idea. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm happy to say now with my, uh, with the fellow that I'm with now is um, we can we laugh a lot and we can say, uh, 
you know, like I can say, hey, the great thing about leftovers is, you know, it's an easy meal to fix and they, and <laughs> you get to be on dishes. And he's like, oh, great. Uh, you've got to put together a two-minute meal and I'm doing the dishes. And what it makes, I found the tools that um, mean that I can still speak my truth and have it be respectful and loving. Yeah. You know what? I love everything that you've just said, and I've got—I had a big smile on my face. I know it was (laughs) because it sounds weird, like saying that, because what you've been explaining is quite like emotionally difficult stuff. But like the reason I'm smiling is because we're so much alike in sense of um, the the difficulties with the dynamics in relationships. Um, I—I've had the exact same thing with women. You know, um, my relationships with women were very uh, tumultuous because it was all about them. Uh, It was so, um, and I made it that way. It was my, you know, all the accountability on me. Like, you know, it was was a lost cause from the start because, you know, I would sell myself down the river straight away. It'd be like, you know, forget about what you want. That's never going to happen. Like, (laughs) it's all about this one person. And the reason I did that, and it's really interesting that we're talking about this, Francis, because I've never spoken about my relationships with women ever on the podcast. Like, well, ever. Forging new streams, Dan, forging new streams. So, like, my problem was I was so afraid of that person leaving me and Mm -hmm. never being able to find another person that would want me. Mm-hmm. that I would uh, behave in a way that made everything about them. It made everything about what I did, you know, was designed towards, you know, them making sure they were happy, making sure they were fulfilled. But yeah. all of the downside was mine to take home because yeah. I was just, you know, I, I would spend as much time with them as I could. Um, and, these are all really nice qualities to have and sure they are. but like it's in one it's in moderation and two it's a completely broken mindset to go into a relationship with because yeah you've already lost because you don't value yourself and it's kind of like what you were saying at the beginning about like being a doormat because you know sometimes there needs to be those boundaries um sometimes there needs to be those healthy conversations or like even like I didn't realize that arguments were a good thing until like a couple of years ago <laughs> right yeah they're deep they were deeply uncomfortable right yeah it like, was it, I'm just gonna make this all better and it'll go away because I do not like conflict I used to say that all the time I don't like conflict yeah well there's a difference between conflict and having a difference of opinion yeah hundred percent mm-hmm and it mm-hmm. it's it's not the end of the world either. Like I would. No, it's really not. Yeah, like most of the time, people the next day are like, you know, yeah, you still suck, but like I'm glad we got that all out in the open. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, uh, I mean, you, and we all find our our own ways to do this. And um, you know, if you start out, and sometimes you have to, you know, kick yourself to remember is um 
believing the best of the person that you're in that relationship with. So they might be saying something you don't particularly like or, or agree with, but at the end of the day, um, if you just continue to believe the best of them, then it keeps you from uh, going into the deep end of ugly, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, that you want the, the best for both of you. So for sure, for sure, and, I, and what you're saying resonates with me too, Dan, um, just not the, uh, like I was desperate for belonging. I don't, I don't know how else to put that, but because I didn't feel like I belonged in my own family. Um, when I, when I met the fellow that I married and we were in a really long marriage, but, um, what I thought I saw when I was first involved with them was a, a family that had it all together. And I, I was, you know, we're wired to belong. We're wired to be a part of something. And I had never felt like that in my own family. Mm. And so um, I, you know, you kind of turn yourself inside out for that. Um, I was actually reflecting on that this morning, wondering if that's, um, and, and I have no research around this. I haven't looked at anything, but Same. I probably will, um, around um, people who join gangs right? Because it's about belonging. It's about finding your tribe. Oh, yeah. Makes a lot of sense. So I'd be interested to know about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's that, um, it's that, uh, belonging, uh, out of not belonging. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So if you don't, uh, if you don't belong in the, in the groups that are available to you, then you find a different way of belonging. Yeah. Thanks. Like, I don't know about you, but, um, Here's something else I'll share that's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. So, if I I was never either in a relationship or not in a relationship, it was either I was in a relationship or I was seeking out a relationship. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. it wasn't until like a couple of years ago where really... I started, like, after I would stop seeing someone, I would actually take some time out, like, where I'm on my own, like, mm-hmm. legitimately mm-hmm. not seeking out anything and just going, yeah. it's okay to be on your own. Yes. Like, it's okay to uh, like your own company or not like it at yeah. first, but learn to be comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And that was like a really big thing for me because being used to spending so much time devoting it to somebody else, it was just weird. And I, I still feel this now. I felt like I was being selfish at first, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. giving myself space and time for myself. And that's kind of where I came up with this. Well, I didn't really come up with it. I just realized it one day. It's kind of like, um, it's like selfishness versus self-worth ah. and like figuring out, like asking yourself constantly, which one of those things it actually is when your mind's like trying to play tricks on you. And it, that's, that's so interesting. And I think that, um, it is a very important part of a healthy relationship to maintain your own interests that aren't 
a shared interest. Do you know what I mean? Where you are still going out and doing the things that, um, that are of particular interest to you and, um, meeting different people and having some different experiences because then when you come back, you know, might even be over the dinner table or whatever. It's like, wow, I met this awesome person and they're doing this and this. And I really found, I found out about this other thing and I want to be involved with that. And the other individual might not have any interest in it, but you know, they can be really excited that you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They can be yeah. happy for you. Absolutely. They can. And it, it doesn't mean about, um, it's not that you don't enjoy time together, but it is important to maintain your own friendships and your own interests and, uh, continue, uh, like you're not, you know, you're not, uh, mirror copies of each other. And so it's to be expected that, uh, the differences are some of the things that will keep, uh, you interesting, uh, to yourself and, and to them. And, uh, it's what keeps the world interesting. And I just, I just really feel strongly that uh, and can see the benefit of continuing to pursue activities, uh, some activities that are just your very own thing. Yeah, like it maintains that like sense of identity within yourself. Like right. for me, like on a Saturday, I love going to badminton for two hours and like thrashing people. Like even though I don't, some like I lose most of the time. <laughs> Going out. <laughs> Yeah. See, so, so I set you up there because I was making you think I was good. <laughs> <laughs> well, until I get over, you know, across the pond, Dan, I've got no way to prove it unless it's on YouTube or something. Yeah. Uh, oh, so God. I... <laughs> Believe me, that stuff is never going to be on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it just helps maintain that, like, uh, that healthy sense of self um yeah and like i just i just think that i never had that and i I literally i think i built who i am like from scratch i would say yep um i don't know about you but when i started uh therapy and it was interesting i very i actually uh, very much said this on the podcast that i did last time last episode um i said uh when i turned up to therapy and I was, it wasn't like the first session, it was like second or third. Um, mm-hmm. I was talking and I said, it's like when I was assaulted, they beat whoever I was out of me. Mm-hmm. And I was like a shell afterwards. Yes. Um, it was like I was like a caricature of myself. Like I was just like a, a pale image or pale yeah. mirror, uh, mirror image of myself. Mm-hmm. Um and it was, it was interesting because, I, yeah, I genuinely feel that whilst there's a lot that, you know, there's, there's still stuff from like childhood and whatever, but like, right. I genuinely feel the person I am now is kind of who I was constructed. Yes, that, that makes a lot of sense to me, right? It's, uh, certainly, uh, been, I'm more me now than I've ever been. <laughs> that's that's how I feel uh, between the uh, the therapy that I had and the uh, the healing of the of the trauma 
Um, it's allowed me to choose who I want to be yeah. and, uh, and to find the, uh, to really be real about what it, that takes and, and to be uh, wise about uh, choosing uh, who's in my life yes. and how and recognizing uh, we all need support. Not a one of us uh, does anything um, really of, of great impact in the world without support of others. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And it's as much a spiritual journey as it is a like mental health one. And Very much. I know this can kind of sound like woo woo or like really. <laughs> well, like, not to me. I can't speak for your listeners. <laughs> <laughs> like it can sound. Um, I mean, if I'd caught myself like speaking like this like three years ago, I think I would have like shot myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay lay it on dan i can hardly wait what's coming <laughs> but like i don't know I, I genuinely feel you know without being too fluffy that it is like that whole like finding yourself thing isn't like you know going on like a six month vacation and stuff like that i genuinely feel like it's a uh journey in the sense that you know, you go through life, you pick up your adversities and um, you run with them and they teach you new things about yourself and ultimately make uh, you stronger in ways that they haven't done before. But I also think that it's constantly like auditing and examining yourself over a long period of time, making incremental change that makes like massive change over time. You know, it is slow, it is hard, but like, you know, I think, I think if there's any endeavor in life, and there's lots of great endeavors that anyone can pursue, but I think the greatest endeavor anyone can pursue is figuring out who the hell they are and what they're about. I just, I just think there's nothing purer or better than that in my, in my eyes, anyway. I, I certainly agree. Um, it, it is a, it is a lifelong journey, and. I think the thing that I would add, Dan, is um, for sure I have learned things about myself from some of the hardest times of my life. Like you go, you go deep, it kind of hollows you out and you have to figure out who you are and what you stand for. But the flip side of that, the really awesome part of it, the fun side, is when you start um, opening up to what you enjoy and yeah. not on a frivolous side of things but and and this is gonna sound woo woo but i'll just let people take it where they go <laughs> um i have been really mindful of the fact that i um i really wanted more friends yeah and i have a lot of friends around the world but you need people in your everyday life, um, people that you go out and grab a coffee with, or uh, you know, someone that you take a. Well, I'm, I'm really stretching myself a bit and doing an improv class with a with a friend in a couple of weeks. Awesome. Um, trying new things, right? But um, you can't. 
you know, when you're in school, there's all kinds of people around you that your age. And, and so you're, you know, the, the ease of making friends is a little bit more available to you. Um, as an adult, um, not always so much. It's not like you're going to go into a grocery store and say, Hey, I'm looking for a friend. Want to be one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so then it's like, okay, well, how do you, how do you make friends? And, um, and so I meditate uh, most every day, and uh, a part of that is like a, almost like an affirmation as well, and about, um, you know, we create our own experiences. And yeah. so, um, so this has been top of mind for me for a while, that I, I really wanted to make some new friends that lived um, here in London, Ontario, um, and so, as whether you want to call it the universe or God or whatever you want to call it, yeah. uh, it's about being open to the opportunities that arise. Yeah. So I was coming back from Vancouver. I had been uh, out there to see my son do his PhD dissertation, and um, I thought I was going to miss the plane on the way back. I got held up in security. And, uh, you know, just long lineups and all that. And so I'm, I'm rushing on the plane. I'm literally almost the last person on the, getting on the plane. And I find my seat and there's, uh, and, the, and the plane's packed, like it's packed. But I find my seat and there's an individual just sitting in the one uh, uh, seat there closest to the aisle. And then there's this, an empty space between us. And then there's my spot. And I'm thinking... And my plan, first of all, was I was going to work on the flight. It, it was, it's, I don't know, like it's six hours or something stupid. Yeah. Uh, and so I thought, oh, I can get a lot of work done. And uh, But I sat down and I kind of just smiled at this woman. I said, wow, I'm so glad I got on the plane, thought I was going to miss it. And then we did a, a little bit of chit-chat. And... Um, and we really hit it off because it turns out that she was in Vancouver for a conference on mental health and addictions. No way. And I'm super interested in that area. So I said, oh, tell me more. So she did. And then, of course, the question is, what do you do? Oh, I'm a speaker. Oh, what do you speak about? <laughs> oh, I speak about personal leadership and using a growth mindset and talk about some mental health. We chatted for half of that trip. And it turns out she was from London and uh, Ontario. Gosh. And I, I said, you know what, well, I've really enjoyed this. And um, would, would you be interested in getting together for a coffee yeah. once we're back in London? And she was delighted. It was like, yeah, absolutely. And I made a new friend, but I was open to that. Amazing. And, um, and similarly, Dan actually... Um, you know, we connected on Twitter because of an article that I had written, um, on, uh, the medium platform and, uh, the little publication that was in on that, uh, Jonathan had posted on Twitter, you had seen it and, um, and we connected because of that, because of that article about the mental health taboos. Yeah. And. Um, and when you put something out on, on Twitter about, Hey, I, you know, I do a podcast about mental health and, 
and, uh, you know, personal development, do you think you're a fit? I'm thinking, yeah, I am. Yeah. The, pers- the person that I am now probably wouldn't have done that five years ago. Like any of those things. That's um, amazing. But what's really awesome is that you're doing what you're doing and I'm having a chance to tell people things about that I'm really passionate about and I'm also getting to tell them about your podcast because I'm I'm so appreciative that you um, have the kinds of interviews that you do and I think that it uh, deserves to be heard. I want, and I, and especially from a man, um, and that's not to discount women and their voices, Yeah. but men don't get a lot of permission, um, to, to talk about their journeys. Yeah. And thank you so much. Uh, that, that really means a lot. Um, thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's, um, I mean, <sighs> This come kind of comes back to, like, I always kind of um, suppressed myself. Um, I suppressed a lot of who I was actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've always had a very emotional side to me um, that I wanted to hide away from. But actually, ever since I've embraced it, um, it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, you know, it's very much like how talking to that woman on the plane you know led to a friendship for you you know very often I speak to people on the podcast and you know even out in like uh you know in life um and I'm able to have conversations with people because I'm no longer like denying myself of that side of me Um, right like we were talking before this podcast about how much we don't like small talk (laughs) (laughs) like that's true (laughs) like there's a real big part of me that has eliminated that because i get into the deep stuff like i get not just the deep stuff i get into like the the meaningful stuff like pretty much right away and i just have more meaningful connections with people so like uh i just i feel at peace and i feel at um at ease so whatever opportunities come i kind of it's it's so weird how much of what you've said resonates with it with me as well you know whatever comes my way i kind of feel like yeah just i feel like i can do something with it because i don't know i'm just being myself i'm not being anything other than that i don't know it's weird well i think for myself um I said no to a lot of opportunities when I was younger because I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think I knew enough. I didn't think I was, uh, like, I always felt like, well, I can't do that because I I don't know how or I don't, um, you know, I, I, I just don't know enough. And what I've come to realize is that, um, we can learn as we, as we go. (laughs) which I know probably sounds amazingly obvious to anyone in a higher leadership uh, place. But I think for those people who um, are so unsure of what their talents are and that, um, like I grew up not 
feeling like I could ask for help. Yeah. And it's, that's very limiting, right? Um, so then you feel like you have to be at the top of your game going in. And that's a really fixed mindset kind of thought where, um, you know, you, if you've got it, then you can, then you step into it and you don't have to work very hard and you don't uh, ask for support or, or uh, help or um, surround yourself with other people that really know their stuff. And it really limited me. I, I look now at, at opportunities that I had when I was um, much younger and didn't take them because I, I truthfully didn't, I was not aware of my own talents. And uh, yeah. so now it's uh, sometimes I'll get asked to do something and I'll still be inside shocked. I'll be like, really? Like there's a thousand other people you could ask. I'm really surprised that you'd ask me, but yeah. that looks like, okay. Okay. If it's in, in alignment and uh, you know what I'm, I'm looking to do and, um, and I've got the time to, to give it or whatever, then then I push myself to say yes where I previously would have said no. That's amazing. It's really uh, great to get to that place, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because before, you know, you mentioned about people pleasing, and that's very much how I would have categorized myself, by the way, as well. Um, mm -hmm. You mentioned people pleasing. That was yeah. saying yes to everything for everyone else. And now right. it's about saying yes to everything for yourself. It's an interesting mm -hmm. switch, isn't it? It is a very interesting switch. And it is about also learning to say no. Yeah. Right? And yeah. not feeling guilty about it. Yeah. Um, and, and knowing that if you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. And in the past, I said yes to everyone else. And so often uh, what I was saying no to then, what I was pushing off the plate were things that I genuinely cared about or things that I knew would have, um, been good for my health or my you know whatever and I would make it work for everyone else but um, but the result was that I was dead last mm. yeah I really feel that mm -hmm. uh, yeah it's too true so, you know one of the things that I'm I'm seeing a lot of um now and it, again it's where you put your attention i suppose and then you see more of it um is the talk around imposter syndrome ah oh, I'll, I'll let you carry on i don't want to interrupt <laughs> well, the only, so i'm reading it and i'm thinking and and i'm so so a lot of it's women but there's a there's a few men and so i'll share with you i i was chatting with my son the other day and i said well jeepers you know I'm seeing all these women that are in PhD programs, for instance, and they're all saying, wow, imposter syndrome, or I just got this writer's residency and, you know, imposter syndrome has come back to, and I said, are you, are you familiar with this? And he, and he laughed and he said, oh yeah, mom, like for the first two years I was doing my PhD, I had no idea. And, and so I said to him, oh, really? And I said, why, you know, why is and first of all, I don't, I don't know if I asked him why didn't I know that you were going through that, but um, he said, I think women are more comfortable talking about it than men. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, the reason I was kind of like, ah, <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> when uh -huh. you mentioned imposter uh, syndrome is because um, 
someone very close to me, and it's interesting because I know he, he's going to listen to this episode. Um, someone very close to me, I know, has uh, struggled with imposter syndrome in the past. And it's mm-hmm. crazy because he's the most... Um, he's He's got such a amazing work ethic. He's got such amazing attitude and approach to work. Um, mm-hmm. And it baffles me um, when we've talked about it. And he actually said um, imposter syndrome, you know, himself. Um, yeah. And it blew me away because I'm like, if there is anyone more qualified and not qualified in the sense of um, stuff on paper, but I'm sure yeah. he's got lots of that as well. If there's anyone more qualified, then it's you. Like, I've never met a, you know, a guy uh, who really puts in the work, um, tries to understand the situation, the clients, and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. It just absolutely blew me away that he was the one that was like, I don't deserve this, like, almost. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not sure, like, why I get praise from people. You know, I'm not sure why I get told that I'm good when I'm not sure if I am. And right. through him talking about it and both of us discussing it, because yeah. I think it's fair to say I probably suffered from it as well. Yeah. Um, and we both went through therapy, so we were both able to sort of work through it that sort of lack of self-esteem and self-worth it was really nice to have someone to talk to about it and because i never would have admitted it to anyone else of course not of of course not and and i think again that comes um particularly from the male perspective and i think my son is is right women are used to kind of connecting on that level on that emotional uh level and uh, uh, but again, it, it circles back to uh, men. Thy shall not be weak, and so you don't um, admit uh, to the things that keep you up at night, or the things that make you feel sick to your stomach, or uh, you know any of those other thousand of things. Um, because at, at the the only the bottom line is um, you won't you know don't be weak, don't appear to be weak, don't admit to anything that would suggest that you're weak, um, and it's just such a such a disservice yeah so limiting i found that um ted talk earlier um i didn't want to interrupt you because i was listening to you um so brene brown i found it so i'm gonna um give that ted talk a listen because i know it's just so relevant especially now like we're literally we've circled right back around the vulnerability in like in a different guise but like Mm -hmm. it's just super interesting um it's I think it's really important. Like, I hate vulnerability. I um, I actively avoid it. You know, sure. It's something that I'm addressing at the moment. You know, really yeah. uncomfortable with it. Um, which is interesting in itself. It uh, uh, speaks volumes that that's the case, and it's only going to lead me to learning more about myself. <laughs> uh, you know what? It, uh, and. That's what's really interesting. I uh, the the idea of resistance, mm. and so I find that wherever resistance comes up in my life, that's an invitation to look deeper. Yeah, <laughs> it's interest. It's so interesting you say that. Um, when I go to the gym, um, I never used to. Uh, I would. It's kind of like when I was a kid playing games, like 
or like video games, I'd always do the stuff that was easy because I knew I could win. Um, yeah. Whereas now, like when I go to the gym, for example, I'll if there's something that I'm working on, like that my uh, personal trainer's given me, and I'm really struggling with it, I'll put a focus on that thing because I want to do it because I don't want to do it if that makes sense it totally makes sense yeah and it's such a good way to approach it right um it's sort of like uh doing you do the hardest thing first yeah and because uh, once once you've got that puppy done everything else seems easy <laughs> and you feel really good about doing it <laughs> there you go that's a growth mindset tactic right there <laughs> it totally is it totally is yeah. <laughs> So, actually, interestingly enough, um, whilst I'm still remembering things, because <laughs> this conversation's like gone so deep, I love it. It's great, but I have to remember that it's about you as well, and of course, you're a writer. So, talk to us a little bit about that. You know, how did you get into writing? Well, it's um, it's funny you should say that. Um, so I started writing when I was a kid in, in a way. So, uh, you know, when you're, when you're little, you don't really have any money and your siblings have got birthdays. And so I would sometimes write really terrible stories, um, and give them to them as birthday <laughs> presents. Um, writing comes easily for me and, um, but I didn't, it, it's funny, it kind of goes back again to that really not knowing yourself. So it wasn't until, again, I was, uh, I don't know, I'm going to say I was in my late 30s. And I was at work and, and one of my supervisors just made an offhand comment about, oh, she was trying to write this memo and it was just so hard. And I'm kind of looking at her like, what's so hard about a memo? And I, and I said, Really? And she said, oh, I hate writing memos. They take forever. I, you know, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, God, I do them in 30 seconds and they're done. Um, and I just thought everyone could write. Yeah. I, I just thought everyone could. And uh, so my writing, so writing has been an interesting journey for me. Um, you know, I've done stuff for the PTA and I've, you know, I've dabbled in it here and there. Um but the writing that's really where I'm at now is I started with a blog before I ever started speaking or, or anything. Um, I started with a blog and it's through the blog that I actually found my voice. I, I kind of discovered uh, more about who I was, uh, write about change and transition um, and now I write, you know, when I in still include those things, but I also write about a mindset and resilience and personal leadership. And, um, I find it, uh, a way to connect, a way to bring out, uh, the, some of my personal reflections and observations that I hope will have meaning for other people. And my big journey now is I'm working on a book and uh, I've, I've decided that doing a book 
for a writer is like uh, someone deciding that they're going to do an Iron Man because <laughs> it's day in and day out and no one really knows what you're doing and there's no one, uh, you know, seeing that effort. Um, but you know what that, uh, what that end goal is. And so, um, it's, and, uh, and frankly, I can, it's a joy as well as a, as a job. Uh, I don't feel like it's a job, but, um, it's, but it can, <laughs> I can also use it badly, Dan. <laughs> I can use it as a way to procrastinate. So it's super easy for me to rip off some, you know, post, I'll get an idea or I'll have some uh, thought and I think, oh yeah, I can totally write about that and do it and not do the bigger thing that I need to do. So sometimes I have to rein it in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. And that's fascinating that you're writing a book as well. Like, have you got any particular deadline that you're working towards or is it you, you want to go at your own pace and it's more of a, you know, it's getting this personal journey out. So it's important to distill that in the right way. Well, a little of A and a little of B, Dan, a little of A, a little B. Um, so I set a deadline. I'd really hope to have the first draft done at the end of November, but I'm not seeing that. <laughs> yeah. um but i i really am committed to um like i've spoken to a, a friend who is an editor and uh, uh so it's you know you get the first draft done and then an editor plows through it and helps you make it uh be something uh more of what you're looking for it to be it's a journey it's a I suppose like anyone else that's doing, uh, bringing something out into the world, I really want it to have value. I want it to be, I want it to be something that, um, helps people see that maybe some of their challenges, um, that they're not all alone. Um, so the, the first part is, is, uh, you know, part of my journey and, and uh, my uh, different parts with that. But the second part is all about transformation. Yeah. I really, I really want to give people some uh, some tools and ideas about um, how to start creating the life that they really want to live. I'm, I get really impatient with people my age um, because what I see a lot of people do is settle and it really irritates me. Yeah. <laughs> truthfully yeah complacency um, i i there's so much out there for us to learn <laughs> so many places that we can bring our talents and our knowledge to the world to make them make it better and um coasting just seems like kind of a crime to me yeah yeah <clears throat> I totally understand that. It feels uh, the same for me. I always uh, say to my therapist that I worry about, um, I worry about getting stuck and about staying in the same place and like not staying in the same place as in like job or anything like that, but as in like emotionally and like spiritually and all that sort of stuff. 
and she said, well, like, the reason, <laughs> you know, the fact that you're thinking like that means that you won't. <laughs> I because... totally agree with her. Because... I totally agree with her. Once you've started on this journey, Dan, and that the place the, that you, uh, you know, had to navigate, yeah, um, it means that you will continue to have that thirst, and that's certainly been my experience. I used to, uh, I read a lot, but a lot back in the day, I read almost exclusively fiction. I really didn't pick up uh, much in the way of nonfiction or personal development or or any of that. Um, but when I turned the corner, when I decided I, I um, wanted to be happier, I wanted to live from a, a place of uh, service, I guess you can say. I wanted to understand the world better and other people more. Um, I still read some fiction just to give my brain, you know, a bit of a break. Yeah. And, um, but once you start down this path, I don't think you can do a U-turn. I really don't. Yeah. I'm inclined to agree with you. Like, the curiosity I have and put it this way like uh i don't know like five years in and especially with the training that i'm doing now i mm-hmm. feel like i'm just getting started and that there is so much more to learn yeah um yeah it just i just yeah i just feel like the possibilities are endless and I like that. It's like it's overwhelming in a way, but like I like it more than I'm overwhelmed by it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's it's uh, curiosity uh, leads you uh, down paths you didn't even know existed, right? Yeah. Uh, it's just things that you had no awareness of, um, and and people um, with experiences um, that you can't imagine, yeah. and that they add, um, all of them add to the the fabric and the story of our own lives, even if it's only um, a random conversation um, at a bus stop. You yeah. just don't know. Yeah, you don't know what that's, that conversation's going to do for that person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, or what it will do for you, Yeah. right? Either, either way, I've uh, been really blessed uh, to meet some truly interesting people uh, doing things that I can, you know, barely wrap my head around. Um, partic- I'm not a, a scientist, and yet I enjoy uh, reading about it, but typically I have to take a few go-arounds uh, to really understand, even when it's really well-written. Yeah. Uh, or, or I say well-written, but, I mean, um, in layman's terms, sometimes I have to go around it a few times to really get the point of it. Mm. Um but it doesn't mean that it's not worth reading. It just means it's uh, worth taking the time. <laughs> I'm the same. I love um, I love like astrophysics and stuff like that, wow. <clears throat> and like space and stuff. But like, yeah. <laughs> like sometimes I'm like, uh, yeah, I have to like watch a video or something, <laughs> as well as reading the book because I'm like, I still don't understand. Um, but it yeah. just it fascinates me. Yeah. Yeah. So and it, get and it's mean. good to do that, right? It's good to expand our minds in ways that they don't go easily. Yeah, yeah, hundred mm-hmm. um, percent. Mm-hmm. I love all that sort of space stuff. I'm just, yeah. 
Well, I like I like the science. Uh, I like science fiction. Um, so I I tend to read that that sort of stuff for for uh, pleasure. Yeah. And uh, some of the movies and stuff, um, alternate universes and all that stuff, right? Yeah, I love stuff like that. Have you, heard, have you ever heard of a British guy uh, called Brian Cox? Nope, but I'm going to write it down. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I got something from you, you got something from me. <laughs> 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 He's great, because um, he really uh, boils down a lot of, like, um, like really heady, sciencey stuff. Um, oh, yeah. I guess you've heard of Neil deGrasse Tyson as well. I want to say yes. <laughs> oh my life. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh, I can't remember. Um, oh yeah. His TV series that he did, I think it's on Netflix as well. Um, the cosmos. Um, that was really good. Um, okay. talk about breaking down like really heavy subjects, um, and like making them into stories as well about like the people who discover different things. Uh, okay. that was really good but Brian Cox um, he's uh, <clears throat> he's actually a professor um, he's really really good at breaking down like quite difficult um, like scientific uh, theories and ideas and concepts and making them like really accessible I've got a book oh, of his awesome. somewhere but I've no idea oh, where it is awesome well I'll look, I'll look I'll look them up then. That's good. Yeah. Anything sciencey, uh, first of all, it, as I say, it's not my uh, necessarily my stream of knowledge, um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's always good to add to the add to it all, and uh, perhaps I will sound uh, smarter. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me anything in depth, but if I can give you two or three. clip this and put it on and uh, be like oh. look at these two people talking about uh, science stuff on this mental health podcast <laughs> well but you know mental health is science right? oh yeah true that is what true was I, what was i reading i was writing i was reading some uh, neuroscience um today there was an article i was reading about um gosh Oh, I know. They had done experiments on, it was about aging and uh, uh, getting people to think about and immerse themselves back in, so it was a mind-body connection, right? And uh, talking about putting people back into the time frame from when they were young and immersing them in it. And at the end of the experiment, um, they actually their memories were better, I think, and they, they actually physically looked younger than when the experiment started because wow. they'd been immersed in a time when they were at their, um, I don't want to say peak, but um, they were more involved with the world. Yeah, yeah. And I found that really interesting. And I think it's sort of like, to me, it's I always find it fascinating. So meditation. So yeah. before science got involved, 
there was a lot of anecdotal uh, things uh, about the benefits of meditation, how good it was for your brain and, and all of that, but um, science couldn't prove it. Once science could prove it with MRIs, once they had the tools to look and see what happened in the brain, yeah. um, then they could say, oh yes, this actually has a benefit here. And I wonder how many things we don't know because we don't have the tools to measure. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll be I'll be looking at Brian Cox. And then I am certain that my son, who is a scientist. <laughs> he is a scientist. He is. He's a, a medical genetics researcher. That's amazing. And he's now in the grand old UK, UK over there with you. Oh, yeah. no way. So, what part of the UK is he in? Well, I know he works in London. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, but he lives <clears throat> somewhere between London and Cambridge. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know your country either. Yeah. I just know him. I live here and I don't know where that is. <laughs> 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 no, I know where Cambridge is, but <laughs> I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's always good for me to up my science knowledge, so I can every once in a while speak semi-coherently to him. Yeah, yeah, uh, you'll love that. All things science. Mm -hmm. And just to say, like you know, scientific knowledge lacking maybe for both of us. <laughs> 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 I, I would. I, different ways that's all <laughs> <laughs> i would say that you're a very wise soul and um i think this conversation has been interesting because it's brought out a lot of different um i don't know different aspects of like the different topics that we've been talking about and um i think this has just gone down avenues that one i didn't expect and two i didn't ever imagine myself speaking about two and also hearing from another person on the podcast it's been fascinating well i i appreciate that i i really do and i i hope that your listeners um will be able to follow us down the rabbit trails that we've been on yeah. uh, but it really is delightful for me to talk to someone who's willing um who's willing to have these kinds of conversations um oh, i think our world is richer richer for that yeah I, I just i love doing this stuff it's great um and it's a pleasure as well being able to you know meet people like you francis and get to hear a story i get to learn a new perspective on something um and i get to like build a relationship as well and i just really i just love meeting people and talking to people and yeah yeah it just um right. I feel really grateful that I get to do this. So yeah, it's. And that um, tells me you're you're on the right path. I feel exactly the same way. I just feel so incredibly grateful um, that I can uh, I can speak and and uh, really bring to audiences uh, information or ways of thinking uh, that they might not have crossed their paths before. Yeah, hundred percent. So how can people find you? So. Um, I know you've got a website because I've been on it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. what's the name of your website for everyone at home? Uh, so it's 
www.francis, and that's F-R-A-N-C-E-S, Hickmott, H-I-C-K-M-O-T-T, dot com. Lovely. And have you got any social media handles that people can have? Um, yes, I'm on Twitter at Francis Found, and I'm also on LinkedIn under Francis Hickmott. Lovely. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to say... Oh, sorry, go on. Oh, and Facebook. I'm on Facebook, too. You're on Facebook as well. So check out Francis because, like I say, I've I've only read one blog. Um, it just so happened to speak to <laughs> speak to directly to me. Um, about like you know childhood bullying and you know other really deep topics like that. Um, so I would I would employ you to check that out. And I just want to say as well, massive thank you because I never really know what to expect. Uh, when I get someone on the show but and it was interesting because beforehand I was saying how I get a good feeling (laughs) before the show when I know it's going to be good and I did have a particularly special feeling uh, when we were talking about you know different topics Um, we've covered up a lot tonight I know we might have to do a part two down the road Dan yeah no I really uh, I really got a lot out of this it's really really enjoyed it thank you me too so i really want to thank you for your time and yeah just hope everyone at home really gets out uh, uh, can't even speak gets as much out of it as i did well and if um so i i know a few people and if they are interested in connecting with you i can send them to twitter then to connect yeah absolutely yeah that would um mean the world to me yeah thank you yeah i hope know quite a few people in the mental health field that I think would be uh really great for your for you and your audience so I'm gonna send them to you my friend (laughs) thank you appreciate that so this has been Know Yourself with Dan Udell and Francis Hickmott and we've been talking about lots of different things tonight and I really hope you enjoy the show so until next time guys peace out what's up podcast um thanks for tuning in and having a little listen um for those of you that don't know don't follow me on social media or anything and just strictly on the uh, podcast because i know some of you are i'm going to be doing a couple of episodes a week now so two episodes a week so one on a monday and one on a thursday now due to popular demand got so many great interviews lined up for you guys that yeah just it only felt right to up the distribution to be able to get more content out and some just really like say incredible interviews with amazing people uh today's episode uh this is where i interview francis hickmott she's a speaker and an author and um it's remarkable how we've had very different lives but uh our traits and our backgrounds are the same and um i just think you'll get a lot out of listening to her she's a very wise lady and um yeah i just really enjoy the interview i hope you do too with your running you're in the car on the plane whatever i hope this episode uh kicks some ass for you peace out guys enjoy the episode